Welcome to Writing Tandem, a podcast about building businesses, leadership, and creating positive impact for our communities. I'm your host, Vivian Kavam, and I invite you to ride tandem with me as I have candid conversations with inspiring business owners, leaders, and experts who are building on their dreams and creating impact. Get ready to be encouraged and learn practical tactics to help us build successful businesses, become incredible leaders, and have positive ripple effect. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Writing Tandem. Interesting topic today to dive into. And as a multi-passionate entrepreneur myself, I'm excited to be diving into this because as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, there can be unique worries and challenges that arise just due to the nature of pursuing multiple business ventures or wanting to. And I know some of you out there also can identify as a multi-passion entrepreneur, and we can find ourselves exploring multiple business ideas all at the same time and even launching more than one at a time or launching multiple products at a time. And my guest today is one of these multi-passionate entrepreneurs on, I would almost say on steroids. I actually just learned before we hopped on here, I thought she had three businesses. She has four. So surprise, surprise, but not surprised. Um, So she has started a number of businesses already. She has dreams of another. And so we're going to talk about that today. But as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, there can be unique worries and challenges that arise because you're pursuing multiple business ventures all at the same time. So we're going to explore that a bit today with Julie Wiesman, and she's navigating through that right now and has been over the past few years. So she has lots of wisdom to share, plus she's in the middle of it. So I think this is going to be a fun conversation for sure. And I'm excited just to explore the opportunities that there are out there when you are multi-passionate to leverage diverse skills and interest and bring fresh perspectives to your businesses, but also how do you navigate through just the obvious challenges that arise. So Welcome today, Julie. She calls herself a serial helper, which I think is fun because we often hear serial entrepreneur, but she calls herself a serial helper. You're going to understand why here really soon, but she is an RN, has an RN background. She loves to connect people and help everyone be successful in all that they do. And there are so many great things to talk about today. And I know you're going to get so much inspiration, especially again from my multi-passionate friends out there, which there are many who are just trying to figure this all out as you're just pursuing your dreams. And so, Julie, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Yes. I listen to your podcast every time you release it, so I'm very appreciative of all your education and and, uh, the content that you're bringing because people like me really appreciate it. I'm so glad. And, okay, so right before we hopped on here, too, you have a podcast as well. So before we get further down the line, give yourself a little bit of a plug. Tell us a bit about your podcast. Yeah, so I'm part of a collective of four people, and we put together Wellness U, like the letter U, like university. And we are four different backgrounds. We have a chiropractor. We have a nutritionist. We have Carrie McDonald from First Row Fitness, Bambi Wilson, TJ Auger, and myself. So we have four different very perspectives of great content. And we come at things very differently in our thought processes. And we're looking for ways to help empower people with knowledge of alternative things, Mm. other things we can be doing that we should be doing. And just highlighting some content that maybe we don't talk about enough. Like I talk a lot about mental health and other people's perspectives, sometimes very, very deep and sometimes very jovial. So 
it's it's been really fun and uh, it's a new experience for me. So uh, I'm learning something every day. Yeah, I'm excited. It's off the ground. I remember hearing that it was coming. Didn't realize that it had gone live, and it went live in February. So there's a number of episodes people can catch up on. Is that right? Yeah, I want to say we have 16 out there. Oh, awesome. So we try to put something out every week, and one of us puts something out every week, and there's a schedule. And so I feel like I'm I'm in here every couple of weeks recording and stuff like that. So, But it's been super fun. Awesome. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun to be able to get on and share in a format like this. Yeah. I enjoy it quite a bit. So, okay, noted, going to check it out, and as always, we'll put – links to that podcast and any other resources we talk about in the show notes. So be sure to go grab those, check it out. All right. So Julie, let's start where I think the beginning is, but if there's more of a beginning, (laughs) you tell me there to give us like a good foundation for today's conversation. Talk to me about your first step into your own business. And did that start with my nurse? Yeah, you know, I've been a nurse, I think I'm in my 23rd, 24th year. And I've done all different kinds of nursing, ER, ICU, I did uh, dialysis, I was uh, director of hospice operations for a hospice company, Mm -hmm. did everything, utilization management, just really couldn't find what I loved. And I did, I took a quality position in a home healthcare company. And I call it my six-month tour of duty because I loved the job, but I hated the company. So I thought, I can do this more fiscally responsible for a patient, Mm. and I can do it with better quality. And I've never done home health in my career, nor did I ever think that I would be interested in doing that. But I decided that I wanted to kind of be a case manager, and I started looking at what a case manager in home health does, and it wasn't enough. So I decided that I didn't make it up, but I don't know of any other one in our area, but I'm a nurse navigator. And it's pretty much a fancy term for a case manager. Okay. And what I do is I go into homes, wherever their home is, and I help mainstream their I do air traffic control, I think Mm. is the best. So we have people with very complex disease processes that don't always have nurses that are in their families. And I can come in and say, okay, this is what they're going to say. Let's do this, this, or this. Or let me ask the questions to the physicians and our partners and say, I'll bring it back to you and you can make your decision. And I go to appointments with them. And I'm there when they start radiation or I'm there when they come out of surgery. And then I can help coordinate what's going to happen at home when we go home. Because a lot of times you'll go into your physician office and your physician will say, you know, you've got diabetes now. Mm -hmm. Here's a glucometer. Here is your insulin. Here is a new diet nutrition plan. Go, go on home. And there's no follow through because there's only so much a doctor's office can do. Well, we are on the other end of that and we can help make sure everything that your physician and the extenders are ordering is fully executed. That we teach you about the glucometer. We teach you about how to dose your insulin properly. We teach you how to control, you know, your neuropathy, all those things. So we can help on the other end to make sure that you're staying home safely with a quality of life as long as possible. And then I started going out into homes. That was in 2015. And I started seeing the need for 
home health aid assistance, mm-hmm. people needing to hop in the shower, needing have somebody there when they're walking or they're going to do groceries and errands and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, it really wasn't my intent to grow that way. I was thinking this could be something like a one-woman show. I see. And then... And that's what it was at that point. Absolutely, for a year. And then I hired my first employee in 16. Okay. And then 17, I hired eight more. Wow. So, and I still actually have my first employee. She's still with me. Yeah. So, you know, what was only supposed to be myself turned into, you know, now we have about 40 employees and we have two agencies. We have, we have an agency in Shenandoah, Iowa. We have an agency up here. We serve patients all the way out to McCook, Nebraska, Des Moines. We go wherever the patients need us. So... When you look back right now on that experience where you thought, okay, this is just going to be a one-woman show, it's a business for me, and now you're talking 40 employees, two locations, what do you kind of reflect back on when you when you think about that? Like, what does that look like to you now when you think about it? It's surreal because, I mean, it still feels like I'm brand new. I mean, we have our eighth anniversary on June 15th, mm-hmm. but it still feels like I'm in the very beginning of everything, even though, you know, we've quadrupled our growth and the patients that we're serving and, you know, all the different scenarios that we serve patients in is so different. But yeah, it's been really surreal and it's grown just beautifully. And I couldn't have ever, you know, even dreamt that it would be this today. So. Okay. So business number one, I'm sure we'll come back and explore more about that. Business number two, how did that come about? Yeah. So business number one had a baby and All of our team kind of came together and we were like, we're serving so many people who lack a quality of life. And, you know, that's dementia patients, that's people with special needs, adults and children. And we thought, what about a community center of sorts? So we brainstormed for probably two years first before we ever even said anything out loud to outside of our organization. And we decided we were going to start forming a multi-generational daycare program. And we're going to serve special needs kiddos, special needs adults, and uh, typically developing kids as well. And then factoring in some of our our folks that have dementia symptoms Mm -hmm. when appropriate. So It'll be a daycare center, but we're not calling it that because that's not very dignified for adults, but we're going to call it a day program. So parents of these special needs kiddos have a place to safely drop their kids off with medical staff, with people that are trained to take care of children, and they can go to work. They can go shopping. They can go to a doctor's appointment themselves. They can have that respite. Um, And then the same thing with the uh, dementia patients, they can be dropped off for the day and have some enrichment activities and do art with the kiddos, have lunch with the kiddos, read to the kiddos, be read to by the kiddos. You know, just that's where the multi-generational part comes in because I think COVID didn't do us well Mm. and didn't do our children well because we were all so isolated for so long that, you know, We weren't getting our kids out to see grandparents and our elders, and we weren't getting, you know, our kids in to see people in the nursing homes and long-term care facilities. And 
We know we can slow disease process a little bit by, you know, keeping people with dementia and dementia symptoms, just thinking about things, keeping their brain sharp. We know we can do that a little bit. We know it's not curative, but we know we can slow some of those disease processes down. So why not create some enrichment activities for all these people involved? And we want, and you know, I have a daughter who has epilepsy. And so I know what it's like not always being able to let her go to certain scenarios because maybe somebody doesn't know about epilepsy or maybe somebody doesn't know about how to care for someone who has a seizure. And I would have loved somewhere for her to go and play with other kids and be in a safe environment. And the same thing goes for parents of the typically developing kids. I think it's a great humbling experience that if you don't have challenges at home to realize what some people do have going on at home. And it gives, and, and some people just need grace. And sometimes when you get snapped at in the grocery store, it's not because of you and it has nothing to do with you, but it has something to do with what the life looks like at home. So we just thought this would just be a great all around experience for a lot of people to kind of come together. And of course, my entrepreneur brain is like, okay, we can get therapy companies involved. I can, I want to have a hair salon in there. I want to have a barber. I want to have a massage therapist. I want to have a coffee shop and a bakery. Mm. Hence, my grandbaby was born, which is Jay's Coffee and Donuts, because we thought that's a way that we can kind of fund some capital. I'm going to buy a trailer. I'm going to renovate it, and we're going to take it around to these small communities who don't have coffee shops and don't have little mini state fair donuts. And we're just going to spread some sunshine and save some capital to buy a building. And the first weekend out, we were in Crescent, Iowa. We took our trailer out, and Crescent's our people. They have, they have stood up and supported us like it's nobody's business. But we were at Crescent Park there. And we'd done a lot of hype that week. So people knew it was our first day out. They were excited. They showed up in force. We had a line. And we had a gentleman come up in our line. And he was very dressed very well. And and it's, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. And it's a bunch of, you know, women in shorts and yoga pants. And then this guy, he just stood out. And he comes up to the window. And I'm there. And he says, well, tell me the brainchild for this because somebody back in the line said, you're a nurse. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I'm a nurse and I own a home health care company. And he goes, well, what's the, what is this? And I said, well, we want to put together a multi-generational day program. And I said, we wanted a coffee shop and a bakery in there for people to come in and meet and have fellowship and maybe a dementia patient who can't any, you know, can't any longer drive, can meet the guys and have coffee and BS and have a good time. And, you know, the little ladies can come to the coffee shop and meet together and do things like they used to do. And he goes, I love that idea. He says, I actually am a director at Lawrence and Gardens. And I would love it if you'd put your coffee shop in Lawrence and Gardens. And I was like, oh, day one. <laughs> Let me think about this. And I was like, well, I'm open to the conversation. Once again, I didn't think this was going to be any bigger than a one trailer show. Mm -hmm. And now we've been, we celebrated our one year anniversary at Lords and Gardens on February 6th of this year. And they are the most wonderful part of our Jay's family. 
they're so supportive and so excited to have us there. And we are so excited to be there. And I got to tell you that when you walk in in the morning to open that coffee shop, you go, I have the best job ever. Mm. It's silent and it's beautiful. And you hear the birds and you have the plants and the flowers because we're up in the Marjorie Doherty conservatory building. So it looks like the big greenhouse when you're driving on 29. Mm -hmm. We're up in the corner of it. So we have the best view and it's just the best location and we love it. But, you know, and and we could have just never imagined, but it's it's the law of attraction. Yeah. And putting out there good things means we're going to get good things and that's what my entire teams always strive for is that, you know, we're going to do good things when no one's looking because it's going to come back to us. So, yeah, so we're at Lords and Gardens, and we have a location here on the 100 block. We'll celebrate our one-year anniversary there the end of July. And we have two trailers now. And then we're also in the Viterra building downtown on 13th and Capitol. It is MetLife and Viterra, and we're in there four days a week and to serve their employees. And it's, we're having a blast. It's great. Awesome. Okay, I got to back up because a little bit like the fellow who walked up, you know, suited up and kind of goes, what is going on here? Hearing your story, I'm like, okay, I I can kind of make the connection, but there's still a piece of me and I know others are thinking, okay, Julie, but running a healthcare related business and running a coffee food industry business, those are night and day different. So how are you doing that? Well, we did lots of education before we did anything. And we did lots of R&D for, you know, first, what kind of coffee? Where are we going to buy our beans? Are we going to roast our own beans? You know, all the science of coffee. Mm -hmm. We did a ton of research on and it took classes and you know, we actually do a niche coffee. We actually cold brew steep all of our coffee. We do not do any espresso. And I did that for a reason. It's easily replicable. So when you go to Lauritsen, when you go to the trailers, when you go to Viterra or the Hunter Block, you're getting the same exact coffee. We use the same recipe for everything. So we have all these big brewers and all of our coffee steeps for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And then it gets run through two filters and that's a concentrate. And then that concentrate is good for two weeks. And we either package it, sell it to other coffee shops, or we bring it to our coffee shops and use. And we can heat it or ice it, mm-hmm. whichever. Um, it's just, it's been pretty genius for us. A lot of people have a hard, not a lot of people. There were some people that did have a hard time with oh, you don't have espresso? (laughs) But they wouldn't even say espresso. They'll call it espresso. And I was like, well, no, we don't serve espresso. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to say it, you probably don't (laughs) really care. But people just like the, you know, the name brand. They like to, you know, we make fun of like who's how you carry your coffee cup and Mm -hmm. how you, you know. But, you know, we don't have, we have a great return rate. So we're doing something that people like. Espresso actually has the caffeine in cold brew is better than the caffeine in espresso because... I've heard that. Espresso is only good for 15 minutes or so after it hits ice or milk. And people really like um, nitro mm-hmm. for, for similar reasons. Is that right? It's Well, nitro is fancy yeah. and, you know, and it's 
They say it has more caffeine, more potent. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, if you do the real research and read into it, I don't know. Which I have not. But this whole conversation kind of reminds me of where people will say, let's take Raising Cane's as a for example. They do one thing, really. And do it really well. They do it really well. Mm -hmm. And you can go in and be like, well, but I want a chicken, this, this, that. Okay, well, you can go somewhere else. Yeah, but they do their one thing really well. And there's other businesses, models out there like that where they go, yes, we could do everything. But I'm wondering, I'm like, this almost seems like an interesting tip for somebody who's multi-passionate of you're doing two very different things, but you're not doing all of it. Does that make sense? Like you're not, you didn't dive into the entire coffee and all the teas and doing the espresso and having every single option. You kind of chose your lane within a very different lane from healthcare. For sure. And I look at things, you know, I'm not cheap, but I'm very thoughtful about money because my husband and I work very hard, but we don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to do startups. And and I don't have loans. Mm -hmm. We've started everything without debt. Mm. Intentionally? Intentionally. Tell me more about that. I do a lot of research and listen to my husband's jokes because I'm a YouTube nerd. (laughs) And then I find programs that I can go listen to. And I reach out directly to other entrepreneurs and say, hey, I'm in Iowa. Help me. Mm. Tell me what not to do so I don't make the same mistakes. And people really appreciate that. And I I believe as far as, you know, we're all consumers. We all have choices. We can go anywhere we want. There's, there is a lot of business out there, not just for minors healthcare, not just for Jay's Coffee. There is a lot of business out there that competitors don't need to be competitors. I don't feel I have any competitors. And it's not because I'm cocky. It's because I feel that my product, my brand is a direct reflection of me. So if I go out there and I'm a good person and I'm a good nurse and I'm a good barista, that those connections I'm making are what's going to be my success. So I don't, I love to support all my friends that have small business, small coffee shops. I mean, I'm going to say this here and it could be controversial, but I try to stay away from the big boxes and I try to hit up the indie coffee shops because we have an indie coffee shop and we love when people support local. Mm. So we try to support a lot of the other smaller businesses. And I do the same thing when we have too many referrals for minors healthcare. I look for the small independently owned home care agencies to refer to. But I think you can do anything you want to do, even if you're broke. Yeah, I love that. And there's so many. I've been there. I remember with my first business, and we're just looking at our finances. And we're like, we can't afford Netflix right now. And I think it was like $7.99, you know, a month. Mm -hmm. And we're like, let's go get a red box because that's that was a thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and so many people do have this the pressure on themselves of I have to have all this money before I can start or I have to find funders or a misconception, right, that people who own businesses have, you know, stacks of cash that they're sitting on or, or tons of backers. If you find that, can you share with I me, I know, please? right? There's, there is that for sure. So I love that encouragement that you can start a business. You can bootstrap it, which is what you're doing mm-hmm. if you choose to. And you don't have to go into debt or you don't have to go into massive debt to do it. Do you feel like that has slowed your growth down or not? And are you okay with it 
like talk to me a little bit about that because people will talk about that like okay but if you do it that way it's going to be slower is what a lot of people say I think slow and steady wins the race I yeah I, I think it did slow me down I was Hey there, busy to the brim people. Are you feeling overwhelmed with your social media? Well, you're not alone. It's a common challenge in our digital world. Creating social content can be a tricky beast to tame for people like you and I. So I'm popping into my own podcast to tell you that there is a solution and it's called a social sidekick. This isn't just a typical social media content service. We offer a partnership through Tandemworks and our team to take your social media from overwhelming to extraordinary. Having a social sidekick is a game changer for your business. Imagine having a 12-month custom strategy tailored to your brand, content that's done for you that truly resonates with your audience, and growth tactics that actually work for Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. With a social sidekick, you get more than just posts. We're very committed to that. You get a partnership. We're here to help manage your social media with a personal touch, ensuring your message is not just heard but felt so if you're ready to take your social media from overwhelming to outstanding i'd love for you to visit the website the tandemworks.com slash social dash sidekick dash content dash creation don't worry there's a link in the show notes and you can discover there how a social sidekick can transform your digital presence let's make your digital presence as impactful as your business with a social sidekick where we're amplifying your story one post at a time thoughtful about that when i started my timeline so I reflected that. So I've hit all my timeline goals that I had set out originally. I've been before them even, but, you know, it's been about what I thought for two years for this, three years for this. And, you know, we still don't have the day programs launched, but we're just looking for a building that is in our price range because I'm not going into debt to, you know, I don't know. I just I just think that there's so many things we can do much more thoughtfully. And yeah, we might not have had the, the best decorations in our coffee shop when we first started. But as time goes on, and we get a little bit of extra money in our bank, then we get nicer tables, we get nicer things, you know, people give us things and we redo, we repurpose, we reuse, you know, and, and so no, we didn't have the fanciest branding for anything when we first started. But we're sure as heck getting there. So love that. It, <laughs> I think I've told this story in here before, but it does make me think again back to, and even now, I mean, Michaela and I, we have converted over, it was a sink and we have two sinks in our space. It used to be a paint and sip kind of place. And so there's two sinks. There's one that where you'd wash the brushes. There's one where they would do like the wine and cheese and stuff. My desk is actually a sink. And so it's on like a countertop and we took the sink out and we put a piece of, it's just a piece of wood sitting over it. And then I have sort of built a stand-up desk of sorts there. And it's like propped up on a thing, on a thing, on a thing. We didn't buy a $200 stand-up desk. Michaela's stand-up desk was repurposed and found from somewhere else. Cost very little. Like, we took the pipes out from underneath where the desk is. And, you know, people walk in, they love our space. They think the space is great. I sometimes am like, I have to chuckle a little bit. Because I'm like, do they know that I'm like standing at a, at a sink? And then our Zoom room, we call it, is actually the men's bathroom. And so we have two bathrooms. Right now, we are all female who work there. And on the occasion that we have, you know, a, a business guest in, we just direct them to the one bathroom. We do have two, but we've put, again, a piece of wood over the sink. We have a chair in there. So if you join me on a Zoom call, at first, I think I would have been a little bit hesitant to, like, tell people that. And now I'm like, no, this is great. Own this it. It's a great 
opportunity to tell people, if you don't have a space, make a space. Mm -hmm. And we still book work and people still respect what we do because we're good at what we do. It doesn't necessarily matter where I'm sitting when I have my Zoom call. It, it is a little bit funny though. It's, it's always interesting what I hear because I, I do some coaching for some smaller businesses, startups and stuff. And, you know, they're like, well, I need $20,000 to be able to put this brand together. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. No, let's get creative. Let's look at what are, what are the color schemes you like? And then just start watching, just start looking out and, you know, reading the room. But people don't need to, and, and I know the, the lenders out there are going to be like, what are you talking about? But you don't have to do that. You can certainly do that. And it may make your success faster, may not. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I think, you know, being able to say our Zoom room is a men's room is so cool and <laughs> shows your, you know, creativeness. Yeah. Okay. So we've have, we've talked through three businesses, two that are in operation right now. One, you're looking for a building, but it sounds like you have a lot of the plan together. Excited for that. And you're using the coffee business to help fund, get the capital for that one. What's this fourth one? So back to Jay's though, in a perfect world, you know, we thought we'll take the trailer out. We will save capital. Mm -hmm. Well, when you grow, mm. that savings goes to payroll. Right. So we're saving a lot less than what I anticipated us to do. We've added about 12 people to our team. And so with that comes a slower savings rate. But moving towards the getting the building, you know, we that's when we have to look at are we leasing, are we buying – and, you know, my thought process for no debt, you know, it's very tough to swallow to have some kind of a big debt like that because I'm always trying to be very thoughtful with every dollar. So the savings plan has been a little bit slower there. So so let me put a pin in that then and let's pause there for a second. Why have you chosen to expand the coffee shop then if it was, if it was originally to help cash flow the new building? and you're realizing that scaling it is slowing down that goal, how did you evaluate and why did you decide to grow? Because theoretically, you could have said, we're not going to grow that so that it continues to be the cash revenue generator. Talk me through that. So in my mind, you know, I think more is more, as we do in our, gen you know, in our generation with TV and social media. If I have more spaces that can, you know, get us closer to our goal of helping all those people, faster. And it was one place that I really didn't think through very well mm. because we've had, I mean, we opened in May of 2021. So we're sitting at two years right now. And our first brick and mortar came February of 2022. So at that point we were just juggling one brick and mortar and a one trailer. So, you know, we're like, this is great. And then so many people came out and said, could you put your coffee shop here? Could you put your coffee shop here? Let's do a drive-through. Let's do this. And I'm just like, yes to all this. That sounds fantastic. Because in my head, we're getting closer to taking care of the people who need to be cared for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just seeing growth. I'm seeing exposure. I'm seeing, you know, how can we dig in and grow our Council Bluffs community a little bit more? And how can we have this multi-generational day program here where there isn't one successfully. I have to go to Oregon for a mentor unless somebody knows of one that 
has all three of these generations and groups of folks, I don't know that this has been done successfully. Mm. So I really want to get this done. And I'm looking for any way to get it done. So growth, you know, we grew so exponentially that I couldn't keep up with it. So I mean, I'm still working a little bit in that business. So, you know, especially the trailer gigs and stuff like that, because there's only a handful of us that drive the truck and the trailer. And so, you know, ideally, the more I can step away from being a barista and have somebody else do that, the more I can kind of focus on some of the other things that I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. But does that answer your question? I think so. It, and to follow along with it, where you, it sounds like you're kind of in process figuring this out a bit. Do you imagine at this point that you may say, we're not going to take on new trailers or new locations? Or do you think you're like, okay, I wasn't expecting this. It has changed my plan, but I'm going to keep blowing this out. I want to keep it growing. Because I think, I guess what I'm kind of getting at a little bit here is sometimes we get a plan in our head, the plan changes, and then we go, oh, I did it wrong. Do you feel like you're doing it wrong or are you just navigating in a different way? Will you continue to do it this way? I just know so many people are in the middle of decisions like this themselves. Yeah, it's hard to say no. I've said no several times to other places. Um, One big notorious place has asked us to come in there and be there coffee shop. And I did say no, because it wouldn't be the right business move for the amount of staff we have and stuff like that. But um, we do get asked quite a bit to come to small towns or, you know, put a shop in here. We are holding out and we are putting a drive through in here in Council Bluffs. Mm. That's really what we want. But otherwise, we're not taking on any new, new locations. Yeah, for sure. That's an interesting thing to run into of you can have so much success and then realize, am I having success? Is this truly the way I wanted to be going? I know I've had those moments throughout our business journey where I've had to stop for a second and be like, wow, everything's going amazing. Is this what I wanted? Mm-hmm. Uh, which sounds kind of crazy to say, but when you have so many different passions, I feel like you have to take those moments and stop every once in a while and go, yes, everything looks amazing and is going amazing. Is this still what I want? And so that's been, um, that's been a challenge for me to have to stop and do that sometimes and go, why am I questioning this right now? I'm like, I'm not questioning it. I just need to stop for a moment and make sure that I'm still feeling centered on this. Yeah, we, we call it stop, drop, reassess. Mm. And we do have to do that and remind ourselves because it's like everywhere we go with the trailer, somebody's like, this is such a great mission. I knew, I heard you know, on your podcast or on something that, you know, this is what you're doing and we want to support this. And, you know, my, my cousin has a, has a building in this town and, you know, we could get you in there. And I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful that you're thinking about us this way. But now we're kind of at the point where we've grown to the max that we can grow. And now we need to kind of work on, you know, the plan, Mm -hmm. the plan itself. So. Okay. So how does this fourth business that you were telling me about before we hopped on here, how does it play in? With everything going on. Yeah. So a couple ladies and I came together. There's four of us and we are starting a mobile IV hydration. Uh, It ties into a lot of our, like we're all entrepreneurs. We, one is an accountant and three of us are nurses. 
And so we all have other businesses, but this was something that we felt would be of value to maybe a lot of the rural towns where they don't have the brick and mortar IV hydration places. And this is something that we can take to them. We can come to you wherever you are. If you're in an Airbnb visiting here for CWS, if you're working out at your gym and you're training for your next marathon, and you're maybe you've got like me right now getting over some allergies and some cold and and you need a little bit of a vitamin boost that we can come to you in your yoga pants in your bedroom and you know you don't have to leave your house so there's and and yes you know they the IV places always tout the hangover cures and stuff like that. That's not, we can do that. That's not our mission. Our mission is more of a health and wellness base, like that focus. But you know, there's, it's been amazing. And hopefully we are on track to launch July 1st. And we are so excited. It's, it's in our, in my nurse healthcare, we've come across so many things that could have been helped by hydration. And sometimes depending on disease processes, a bag of saline, either a 500 ml bag or a 1000 milliliter bag can make the night and day difference to a patient. You know, our our senior population can get very dehydrated very easily. And what happens when we go to ERs? Well, we sit for hours if we're not acute because ERs are for acute sick people. And if you're just dehydrated, that is not a, not generally a need for an emergency room, but you're going to spend a lot less money having someone come to your house to do an infusion than you will sitting for hours and hours in an ER just to decide that you need a little hydration Mm. and they give you that bag of fluids and you're on your way and you're back home and you're feeling good again. Whereas what if we looked at it from more of a preventative and proactive site versus reactive? Because everything costs more when it's reactive, for sure. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we watch what we're putting in our bodies and we're moving our bodies and exercising and doing all, you know, having great sleep hygiene, we can think about things more on a preventative measure versus, you know, I'm working crazy hours, I'm not eating well, I'm hitting the drive through I'm not drinking my water like I should, and now I feel like crap, so now I'm going to treat it. Mm. So there's just so many things I love the words proactive and I love the words wellness. And I try to put those into, you know, all the businesses. And sometimes you're, if you see some branding on our social media for Jay's and you're like, where the hell does that come from? It's just (laughs) like, I don't know. It's kind of all together. You know, we can have the nice things. We can have the coffee and we can have the small donuts and we can have, you know, scones and we can have the yummy things, but they all have to be in such measured partnership with, everything else we do. Mm-hmm. So preventative measures, I think, is what what drew us to the Vitality IV hydration. So I find it just so interesting. A couple of things stick out to me as you're talking. One, you seem so very passionate about every single one of these four different entities. They are very different. 
And yet you can also start to see the overlap in the weave as well as you're talking through the stories. My question is how, you know, you're talking actually right now about kind of that wellness and not being overtaxed and staying hydrated and taking care of yourself and not being stretched too thin. I think for a lot of people to hear your story, they're like, Julie, how are like, are you hooked up to an IV bag every day? <laughs> like, how do you practically balance or um, manage while keeping the same passion for very different entities and maintain your sanity at the same time? That's an excellent question. And I, and I have a little funny story. It's a little off color. But I get asked this all the time. How do you sleep? Right. How do you do this? And, you know, my first, and this is so bad, my first reaction is always, well, it's the methamphetamines. <laughs> and of course I don't because I'm a very healthy girl, as you can. You're like, it's the coffee, the hydration, yeah, and a little yeah. bit on the side. Yeah. So uh, no methamphetamines, I promise. Um, you know what I do? I, I do believe in the law of attraction and I surround myself with wonderful humans. And I have excellent people on my leadership teams that support me beautifully in all these businesses. And then my business partners are angels as well. So I am one of four business partners with the hydration. Mm -hmm. And we are all strong, independent businesswomen who just want to lift each other up. And My Nurse Healthcare has a very great leadership team. Jay's Coffee has a great leadership team. And I couldn't do it without any of them. Mm. And they, they all keep me honest. Sometimes if I'm a little alley, they'll be like, uh, it's time for time out. Go home. So <laughs> were they, those like strategic hires? Absolutely. Early on? Or did you realize it partway through? Were those like first hires? Were they second, third? How did that work? No, they are all very strategic. And I had a plan in place and job descriptions and wants for me. You know, you call it your manager file, which is what like managers see and nobody else gets to see. I had a person skill set that I wanted each of these people to have. And I vetted them. And some of them came to me as employees first. Mm -hmm. And then I just watched. And I would test them. You know, I would give them not like stump the chump kind of stuff, but like, you know, put them on a special, a special project team and watch them flourish. And I'm like, what a rock star you are. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we work really hard with our retention. Our leadership team has contacts with all of our team every single week. Because in home health, we are all everywhere. So we're never all together very often. We do team dinners every couple months. And we kind of morph a nice, fun family dinner with some topics of discussion, things that we all need to talk about together. But for the most part, we're all spread out taking care of people all over the place. So we don't see each other. So our leadership team sends out messages, makes phone calls, touches base, not even professional, but personal. Hey, how was Sarah's soccer game last week? You know, when you took your kids to wrestling, when you did this, you know, how was that? And just having those conversations, keeping people invested and growing. And yeah, so they were definitely strategic and we meet every Monday morning. We have Monday morning meetings and we have a quick homeroom meeting and we talk about what are we going to kill it with this week? You know, what's, what's our goals? And 
You know, what do we need to support each other on, you know? And so, yeah, they were definitely strategic and you have to surround yourself with like-minded people. And I think that's huge. And it's interesting you bring up that about how your team is in many ways very remote because they're moving around. We also have a remote team and that is one of the things we found, not surprisingly, that it is the reach outs in between. Like we have team meetings together and that, but I really enjoy getting to know them. And, you know, it was actually a number of months before we ever actually met in person. And it was this kind of strange thing where it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I know you, but but here you are in like, you know, in person. It was it was crazy. I was like, I could see you from the side and from the back. Like this is so weird. <laughs> um, but one of the things that we have done is beyond the of course, like reaching on that. We actually have pictures of each team member in our office and we have bios under them and interests and the clients they work on and just like a sheet up because we don't get to see them in the office. So it gives us a little bit of a way of being like, oh yeah, how is how is she doing? I remember she was saying about this. I'm going to reach out. And so it gives us a little bit of a visual reminder of our remote team as well, which I think is really important to be able to have. Well, we're human connectors mm-hmm. and we need that piece to feel connected to you because you know like I said COVID didn't do us well mm-hmm. back then when we could when we were all remote mostly most of us I mean thank goodness my business is COVID proof right and we made it through the real hot spot of COVID without a single teammate and a single patient getting COVID mm, that's amazing we locked everything down you know we weren't going out to restaurants we weren't going out to places so we were able to keep our patients safe Mm. and we kept very small teams for each patient so you know we were very lucky okay another question for you that I've actually had this conversation with a couple of friends again multi-passionate people entrepreneurs and one of the things you were starting to touch on a little bit is the branding piece and I hear it come up so often well do I should I have a Facebook page for everything do I need a website for everything but what should I talk about this on this page and on this page how do I share my content is it okay that I talk about my wellness as also on my coffee page etc how have you been navigating that have you made intentional choices or have you more just sort of let things just happen naturally with your marketing, especially thinking across social media channels, I think is where one of the big questions comes up for people. How much to share where, and does it start to become confusing for people? Because we hear all the time, pick your one thing and do your one thing and only talk about your one thing. Let's talk to me about that. So yeah, I I don't follow the rule of the one thing. I think it's more confusing for us running the social media channels And I have a Sam, and Sam is amazing at our social media and our event planning, and she's, we call her Jack a lot because she's kind of the jack of all trades. But I think it's more confusing for us, you know, navigating between all the different pages than it is for our viewers because there are viewers and followers for Miner's Healthcare that are not, you know, followers for Jay's Coffee. Mm -hmm. But we do support each of the channels on the others. So like we just did, we just had a nutritionist come and give a free, it was amazing, two-hour class on hot topics and health. And Miner's Healthcare sponsored it. We did it at Jay's because we had the seating there and it was fantastic. So, you know, in that instance, the 
Jay's will support its sister company and say, hey, guys, come out, free class, going to be here today. You know, so we do have, we don't just talk about coffee and fun stuff on the Jay's page. We do share uh, education pieces on health and wellness as well. You know, it's not as heavy, obviously, as it is for minors healthcare, but, you know, we do support each of the companies and try to because maybe if we have a follower for Jay's that is like, you know, I'm really on a better plan to live a healthier life that maybe I need a nurse navigator and they find us from Jay's mm. and then they come over and cross over to, you know, the minors healthcare side and then they end up signing up services with one of our navigators. You know, that's fantastic for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're pulling lateral followers in from different things. So, yeah. and we try to keep things lighter on the Jay's side. But we do have, we do a lot of give backs. So when we go to schools and we're invited to bring the trailer for parent-teacher conferences or first day of school, last day of school, stuff like that, we always give back a certain percentage to their PTO, to their band boosters, to those things, especially the nonprofits. We always give back, give back, give back. So, you know, we find, people find us in lots of different ways that, I mean, it's, it's unreal. Social media is such a, has a lot of tendrils for it sure. Does. And I love that too, of just the reminder, your audiences aren't always crossing over. They're less confused than you are, mm-hmm. which I think is true. We get way more confused about our own businesses than other people often. And that you can have that share. Like we as humans don't live in channels and boxes. And I think social media has confused us sometimes of like, oh, well, I only like this, this, this. No, no, I like all kinds of things and I want to see all kinds of things. So I think that's a good reminder. And it's um, it's something we've talked a lot about, like I said, with friends. And that's kind of where we will end up. And yet there's still the hesitation. So I love that encouragement of go ahead and post on both. And if, you f- if someone's giving you feedback that you're confusing them, then reevaluate. But why are we assuming you know, we're saying they're confused when they haven't even told us they're confused. Okay, man, we have so much more to talk about. So you're going to have to come back. <laughs> I do have to probably start wrapping us up because I'm like, man, there's so many ways we could go. But if you were in summary, looking back on this conversation, talking to someone else, multiple passions, seemingly unrelated, are there like three to five-ish things that you would want to impart to them and say, look, you have all these different interests. Here's my quick pieces of advice for you. What do you feel like those might be? Low and slow. I think, like I said, you can do anything you want, even if you have $10 in your bank. There's lots of ways. You have, you carry in your pocket a computer every single day. And don't get me wrong, your time is worth money. But for you to budget an hour a day to listen to, like I listen to a podcast 30 minutes a day. I pick a new podcast and listen to 30 minutes just to experience something that my brain isn't already going through with one of the businesses. But if you dedicate yourself to my, my team jokes, because I always am looking for free education. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we support a lot of the community colleges and we go to the lunch and learns and we, you know, invest in a lot of our local resources like Sue Pitts at SBDC. And I mean, just so many great organizations, but there are so many resources out there for free for you mm-hmm. to learn the basics of business, the basics of accounting, the basics of, you know, business startups, stuff like that that are free. You can do it. 
and you can do anything you want to do. And whereas the do one thing and do it well may work for some things. I mean, I'm proof that it's working for me so far that I'm not just doing one thing. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're methodical, tactical, accountable, that you can do anything you want to do on a very, very tiny little budget. And everything else will come. You do the right thing the first time around, and people are going to come back to seek out your opinion, your services, your coffee, whatever it is. And they're going to know that you're genuinely looking out for other humans around you. And so I think do good things, be good to people, be kind, give grace, and everybody's going to seek you out. I love that. Okay, I have some rapid fire questions for you. Oh, Lord. Are we ready? Okay. Okay. What do you think is the biggest misconception about owning a business, and in your case, multiple businesses? Uh, That I can come and go as I please. I have a lot of free time. Do people think that with you running that many businesses? Well, I think sometimes, you know, I get, if I were to look at my phone right now, (laughs) I have uh, 65 text messages and 234 emails that I had cleared out before I came in here. And so I think when people call, they always, they always think like, I'm not doing anything else Mm -hmm. that I need to take care of. And that's just part of being a business person. But yeah, I think people don't understand how much work and time it takes to own any business Mm -hmm. at all. So yeah, I don't have a lot of free time. Okay. I'm really curious about this one, just with everything that you're doing. What is your favorite kickback and relax beverage? I'm like, man, this could go hydration. This could go way off the wall. We have no idea. It could be coffee. I I am really curious. You know, it kind of waxes and wanes. If I'm going to head to the alcohol side, I think I'm really enjoying like the Trulies and the Bud Light Seltzer, Budweiser Seltzers, okay. you know, those hard, you know, whatever. They're so good. <laughs> but mostly I'm a water girl. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Staying hydrated. Yep. Is there a song, a book, or a podcast that's just really inspiring you right now? Mm. Dave Cottrell wrote a set of books that I love, love, love. Coaching Conversations, Monday Morning Meetings, and Leadership Books. They're small, quick reads, but I believe everybody who's going to lead people needs to read these. All right. Good. Good noted. I love adding to my reading list. So and they're easy reads. They're light reads. But we actually do every year I do I put my leadership team we do during our Monday morning meetings, which is where I got Dave Cottrell's idea. We do a chapter a week in one of his books so we can all kind of learn together and you know, so it's like a book club for us cool. where we just dedicate like 15 minutes of our morning meeting and talk about what we read, what we took from it, what we did or didn't like from it. Cool. I like that. We have done that a little bit, but not that regularly, where we've picked a book and all read it together. It's been really fun. Mm-hmm. And Michaela loves, my business partner, she loves book clubs and that's awesome. Yeah, all of that. We want to we want to put one together for the coffee shop. All right. Let's talk about it. Because I think people need that break. And I know I do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. More ideas happening. Oh, yeah. It. Okay. What excites you the most about the future? I want to see... I want to see the doors open to our multi-generational day program. And I want to see three different generations walking in. Mm. And I want to see smiles and just people taking away pieces of growth for themselves. And just knowing that somebody who was, you know, a senior 
who was sitting in their couch, eating their TV dinner, watching the same TV show all day, now is out getting their hair cut and having lunch with their friend from 50 years ago from high school. Cool. I like that picture. What is something that people often get wrong about you? If you don't know me and know that I'm always kind of on, I think that people think I might have a resting bitch face. (laughs) So it's usually because I'm focused and I'm just on a mission to do something, whether I'm headed to work on something for this business or I'm taking supplies to Lauritsen or I'm just kind of in the moment. And I think sometimes people think I'm maybe, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm always smiling. It takes me a long time to get mad ever. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes I'm always kind of in the zone and on a mission. And I don't see a lot going on around me a lot because I'm so focused on my task at hand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not at all what I am. But <laughs> I guess if you ask my husband, he might say something different. But. You're like, I'm really quite happy and kind in yes, here. Yes. <laughs> all right. What do you think business owners could do to make the world a better place? Oh, lift each other up, mm-hmm. help each other out. Don't sit back and be catty. And, you know, I've had times where I've reached out to another business owner and said, hey, I'm sitting in your, I'm sitting in your lobby and I'm listening to this conversation happen and I just wanted to let you know. Mm-hmm. And they fired back very crabby at me. Mm. And I'm like, I didn't have to tell you, mm-hmm. but I would want somebody to tell me if that was going on so I could have that conversation. Because if I heard it, the other four people that were in the lobby heard it too. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, do what's right for each other. Because like I said, there's enough business out there for everybody. The biggest red flag I have is when somebody is so closed off and, you know, rude. And I'm just like, that just sends out flags. Just mm-hmm. lift each other up. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of lifting each other up, thanks for doing that with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate having other entrepreneurs to listen to, especially local ones that, you know, I can walk across the street and knock on Literally. your door. And yeah, and I appreciate having that conversation because my, my husband's good, but it's so nice to talk shop with people who understand, mm-hmm. you know, so. I agree. It Being able to do this podcast is a huge blessing. People ask all the time, why, why are you doing it? You know, is it a money generating thing? I'm like, no, it definitely is not generating any money. (laughs) Back to question one, misconceptions, right? Yes. But I just love the conversations and I grow and I learn and I take notes and I go, I, that's a good reminder. I want to re-implement that or I've never implemented that. And so I agree, just being able to have those conversations is huge and it really does lift people up. And that's really what we're here to do. That's what Michaela and I are all about. And we love having people like yourself, like you said, locally and across the nation. It's been fun to interview people all over. Absolutely. So. And we have all we have so much to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even the things that they made mistakes on. And, you know, that's a growth piece for us. But just how we're doing things and how we can treat people and what we, what else can we do for people. So good. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Blessed to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. 